the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about talk about the horrible mistake that I made for my company. I just hired Gerald Fogel recently to be the spokesperson. Bad timing. Um, Gary Glitter was our previous spokesperson. Um, yeah, that's just downright rotten luck. We are in a stock market correction. Um, and it doesn't feel pretty. Dow falls, you know, 250 points today. Uh, a little 1% here, 1% there, 1% there. Next thing you know, you're down 5 to 10%. It's normal and it's healthy. And it's, I can I can give you the analogy after analogy. Um, like you meet your girlfriend for first date. It's wonderful. Second date, wonderful. Third date, wonderful. Sixth date, she kind of melts down on you and tells you about her, you know, her, how she used to fight with her mom. And not the best date. Something great take. So same thing with Wall Street. We've had six up years, six glorious years. Holy mackerel. Um, there's some uncertainty about China, and there's some general negativity weighing on the market. There's a lack of positive, positive economic news to motivate buyers, although the economic news has been pretty good recently. Um, Dow Jones Industrial Average fell you know, 250 points this morning. Uh, chief market economist uh, at... Peter Cordillo um, says, at one point or another, you're going to see some bottom fishing. Again, the trend for now is lower. I kind of agree that Russell 2000 is in correction territory. The S&P 500 fell through its levels of support to uh, trade at 2020, nearly 2% off for the year. Hold on, wait. The S&P 500 is down 2% for the year? Like, isn't, this isn't that bad, right? It can get worse. I hope it gets worse. I'm the kind of guy who likes to continue to buy stocks on a regular basis and accumulate in wealth. Uh, the Shanghai Composite Index today fell 4.2% after the China flash manufacturing came in at a 65 year low. Sometimes this stuff kind of gets rolling, by the way. Um, for instance, if you have an account that has uh, margin, you're, you know, you're allowed to buy stocks with money that you don't really have. It's credit because you have stocks that give you like a credit card called margin. And when stocks start going down, they start losing value. Your amount of your credit that they lend you gets shrunken and shrunken and shrunken. They say force you to sell some stuff. So there's a, a big fear right now of China. If the world was just the United States, we'd be like, this is still investable. But the world's not just the United States. Apple needs China to sell phones. Uh, not only to manufacture them, but to buy them. Um, you know, Nestle. You can name any company, Disney. People, if they see their stock market underperforming, they feel less wealthy. And instead of going, taking a trip to California and going to Disneyland, they say, I'm just going to stay home. This is pretty normal. This is pretty okay. Um, 
and we'll talk about it a little bit more during the show. If anyone wants to call 800-516-1220, if anyone wants to drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, I'll read it on air. Um, factory activity in the United States slowed in August. No big deal. Um, Tesla revamped stores and adds apparel and gear. The Tesla and like Harley Davidson. Harley Davidson isn't just a motorcycle company. They're a lifestyle company in their mind. So they sell a lot of gear tied towards jackets and helmets and uh, gloves and T-shirts. So just throwing that out there for you. Joining me now, joining me now Tony Mendez, BayAreaLandSource.com. Rob? Um, what's good for you, what's bad for the stock market, uncertainty on China has been good for you because it's pushed the lending rates low again. Again. And uh, we seem to be hooked to this. I mean, it's been a long time that we've had super low interest rates. It's been a long time that we've had low interest rates, but we've had super low interest rates. Yeah, for it's really given people time. another opportunity to not only buy a house at, his, at an interest rate that uh, is really just kind of bouncing off all-time lows when you look at it, in the big picture, of course, uh, but also the people who have bought in the last couple of years, well, while rates after 2013, uh, I think it was May of 2013, rates jumped up about a, a whole point. So in the mid-fours and some people a little bit higher, and, and now rates are down in the 3% range again, possibly depending on your loan amount. Um, but also the, the other thing, too, is a lot of people who were buying houses back in, say, 2000, 2007, and then went into either foreclosure or short sale or bankruptcy, um, these people are hitting the market again, and uh, you know I, I guarantee you that they were fearing that with, by the time they got back into the market or or the guidelines eased or they had enough time to go through that wait period that allows them to buy a house, they, they were fearing that the rates would be up, and, and uh, here you go. Uh, rates are still low. Uh, a lot of these people are hitting the market. There's about 5 million of these people that are still out there that had distressed credit that are coming back into the market. Uh, boomerangs. Boomerang buyers. And they've been able, you know, they've been out there renting, uh, saving a little bit of money, uh, getting that down payment saved up again, and they're ready to hit the market again. So, uh, and then we have the household formation. So, which over the next, what they call three to five years, we're, we're seeing a little bit of growth uh, in the potential there. So these low interest rates are going to help a lot of people, um, you know, save money. And, and uh, I like the refinance scenario where somebody can save a couple hundred dollars a month or or more. And that goes into the into either savings or it goes into the into the economy, the local economy especially. And we're seeing people places like Home Depot and Lowe's doing really well with their, you know, their returns because people are getting back and and putting money into their houses. We just talked about true true cost of owning a home. Um, there's nothing better than helping the true cost of owning a home than getting a good refinance at a lower rate. I mean, it sounds like a, a, a slimy commercial, but it's true. I mean, it's, that's what it's all about. It's, it's saving money on a monthly basis and lowering that cost of uh, owning that house. America's housing market's been heating up this summer. Summer's starting to come to a close. Purchases of previously owned homes unexpectedly rose in July for a third straight month to reach the highest level since February 2007. Now, here's one of the problems. When you hit record highs, you're way up here, and there's a lot more room below you than above you. Um, and I'll even throw one more example out is my home that I bought six years ago, seven years ago. It's gone from 600,000, from 900,000 to probably a million five. Probably. I don't really know. You won't know until you sell it. Yeah. It's not listed in the newspaper. Um, so that appreciation's already up here. I don't see my, and there's a lot of beneath it. I don't see my opportunity to get, to do that. I don't see that same trick happening twice. I think that's one of the struggles buyers are finding here in the Bay Area is that a lot of the markets that or sub-markets they want to be in are already getting pretty high. Uh, they're, they're tapping out their, their, well, their they're what I would call their maximum limits. They were ridiculously high in the first place. Yeah, and then, and then you know, the other areas that are, are less expensive or more affordable, depending on how you want to look at it, yeah. um, they may not be in the right areas that you want to be in. But and, they probably but, have more upside. But they have more upside. Uh, we're seeing that firsthand right now in, in the last year for Alameda County, which has seen the, the most growth than any other county in the Bay Area. Um, I live close enough to LinkedIn and Facebook and Apple that I want those stocks to do well. Because if stocks start doing poorly, there may be layoffs. And if they do poorly, the more homes are go. I fear layoffs more than I do a higher interest rates hurting home values because – one, the one factor that is different this time around than was back in 2005 through 2007 is that everybody that is getting a loan today qualifies for their loan. Right. 
So you have a lot, uh, you have a much stronger ownership pool as far as the credit, sta- uh, their, their credit being stable. It, it, you know, their income's a little bit different. You know, they could have something happen or they need to move or whatever. But it's, th- that was the majority of the reason why people went into distressed sales for, and foreclosures and just bankruptcies and, and uh, foreclosures. You listen to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm speaking with Tony Mendez. You can find him, email Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me online at RobBlack.com. That's RobBlack.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. 800-516-1220. 800-516-1220. You'd think by listening to me that I'm negative on real estate. I'm not. I'm just intelligent. And sometimes you'll hear people do radio shows and television shows who you think that they're just cheerleaders. you got to watch out for the cheerleaders uh, in all businesses. And again, I'm not saying watch out for cheerleaders. Like, don't, don't, don't uh, send a starey eye at a t- high school teenager that's cheering on her football team. Just know that she's probably being a little more enthusiastic than she needs to be. So, and there's people like that in real estate. Like, you know what we're not hearing about this time, Tony? And Tony from Barry Loan Source is with me today. Email him, Tony at BarryLoanSource.com, or email me, Rob at RobBlack.com, and I'll get you his contact information. Um, what you're not hearing this time is buy in stock. Well, sometimes I guess you hear buy in Dallas, which is, I think, the dumbest idea on the planet. If you've ever been to Dallas, it's nothing but land. Um, they can build land for... 20 miles in each direction, um, and it's hot. But uh, you're not hearing a lot of speculation this time. You're not hearing, like, um, I'm not hearing any of my friends. Maybe I just have different friends this time. You know, 15 years ago, my friends, uh, they're like, I'm going to buy in Tracy because that's all they could afford. They couldn't afford the Bay Area, so they said, let's go somewhere other than the Bay Area. Now, Tracy's yeah. not come back yet. It, for me, it was a lot when I first got in the business um, over 10 years ago. It was Vegas, Vegas, it was Phoenix, even Albuquerque, and uh, everywhere yeah. else but the Bay Area. A lot of people are pulling cash out. You know, you still hear occasionally. Occasionally. But you'll hear somebody talk about pulling money out of the house and buying investment property elsewhere. It's, it's hard not to really get caught up in that whole um, investment angle because they could easily say, well, rents are up, and they're up 15% in the last five years na- nationally, and in places like Vegas, they're they're going up, they're skyrocketing, and you know it's really hard not to get caught up in that. But you know, ultimately, you're spending cash. You're you're taking either taking it out of your house, or you're taking it out of your savings, or your 401k, or whatever. Uh, well, you're not taking it out of your 401k for investment property, but because um, you can't. Um, but uh, you, you can get caught up in that, and you, you end up making a wrong decision because somebody is going to cheerlead you all the way through that, um, and they're the ones making the transaction fees. And that's a lot about what those kind of, of you know, profits say. They, that's what they do. There's a radio show where <laughs> this is fantastic. If I were to tell you how corrupt this person is, um, you have to join me with this one. It'd be like, let's call it the two Tonys. You go, I'm Tony. I'm Tony. And we're the Tonys. <laughs> it's cheesy radio. Like, I'm Tony. I'm Tony. And we're the Tonys. Um, they do cruises. They, you know, hey, come with us. We're going down to Australia to look at property. And it's you get a developer who's willing to, you know, give 10% kickbacks. You get people spending money. Like, you just made time. I heard a show not too long ago where the it was a local real estate guy brought in a guest who was an international investor for commercial properties, yeah. trying to trying to drum up some money to buy, uh, you know, get, you know, a co-op or something together and buy these properties in Hong Kong or somewhere australia i mean it's crazy yeah if if these were good deals they wouldn't be coming to local radio stations trying to pitch it just so you know 
you know, Trump, who has 10 billion, they'd go to Trump. Hey, Trump, you want to build something over in Shanghai? Done. So if it was a good deal, it was automatic. Big money is going after it long before the little fish who need to, you know, extract money out of their home and do a refi just to be able to afford it. Um, so I just I would be really careful. Yeah, but oh, I mean, would, you started off saying we aren't hearing that, that much of it. Uh, this this this, this phase of yeah. uh, recycle, uh, and for the most part, yeah, we haven't. Uh, I think people have really started wised up. Yeah, um, they've learned a lot over the well, last eight well, this, nine years. This radio show that I talked about. Um, this is fantastic. They did a deal. They did a commercial. Like, maybe you're even wondering if now's a good time to buy in Vegas. And they they got a Trump spokesperson. They're building a Trump Tower in Vegas, right? Not Donald Trump. Ivanka. And anyone who bought units all lost 100% of their money when the deal went bankrupt. 100%. And people put down $100,000 on apartments in Vegas. They lost everything. So these hucksters, all they could do is pull off like a Kiyosaki or, you know, a uh, a Trump name, not even Donald Trump, Ivanka Trump. Uh, you have well, to be incredibly careful. The new thing about Vegas is that um, uh, they're, they're really trying to promote the fact that Vegas is one of the highest appreciations over the last year in home prices. Because it fell. Because it somewhere. fell so much. You have to remember that uh, the difference between 100000 100, 115000 is about 15%. So it's not a lot, though, $15,000 to go and risk $100,000. Um, and keep in mind, if something loses 50% of value, it needs to grow 100%. Yeah. And that's a lot tougher than people think. That's why, you know, golden rule on stocks, if it drops 15%, you're out. Because it's tough to recover those losses. Um, and that's professionals kind of stick with that. Uh, within reason. You know, sometimes things happen where the market opens much lower or you're, you know, betting on the commodity come back and it doesn't. And it doesn't. And it doesn't. Um, but, yeah, there's a difference between professionals and amateurs. And, uh yeah, just be real careful. Like, we're not hearing, no, I'm not hearing any of my friends. And again, it may just be different, different time because, like, I remember people uh, buying in Stockton because they couldn't afford to buy here. And they would drive to Stockton every day back and forth. And they would go, it's not so bad. I'm getting it up at five. And there's no traffic. It's 45 miles. Yeah. It's, it's not a, a small commute. And Stockton's never coming back. It's a tough place. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you want to, like, sell crack. <laughs> you could be the king of Stockton. So, I, I, I love the sign that it, it was in the parking lot. It says, uh, don't be a fool leaving stuff in your car. Don't forget you're in Stockton. Yeah, and that's a city That's a city sign. So the, yeah. the city paid for that sign, um, warning people that, like, you live in a bad city. That's not good. No. Not a, when you see those kind of signs, it's not a good investment. Anyway, um, let's talk a little more real estate. Let's talk buying a house. Some people are 30-something now. They're millennials. They've been hooking up with each other. According to the show, girls, that's all they do. But now they're starting to get that bond where they fall in love or, whoops, I'm pregnant. Um, first-time homebuyers, what, what do some first-time homebuyers need to know? We actually, we actually saw a drop-off in first-time homebuyers. Okay. Um, about 2%. That's compared. Yeah, it, it is because, it, you know, for several months we saw an uptick in first-time homebuyers. Um to me, what that means is that maybe we are pushing some limits in affordability debt ratios for millennials. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm kind of lumping in millennials and first-time home buyers together. A first-time home buyer is technically somebody who hasn't owned a home in three years. So somebody who owned a home in 2005, went into foreclosure, and is getting back in the market is a first-time home buyer. So um, there, there are two different parts of that category. As far as affordability goes, and I can give a perfect example because we only got about 30 seconds, um, <clears throat> millennials are – Growing part of the workforce. A couple of years ago, I heard about the term Google Bus going in and out of San Francisco. Bowers Limousines was bringing these kids down to, to work. Then I heard it hit Oakland. It's already all over Cupertino, and obviously, so they'll bus you in and out. But as soon as I heard there's a Google Bus, a Facebook Bus in Santa Cruz, I'm like, that's where the affordability is. Yep. So keep pushing it further and further. Maybe there'll be a Google Bus in Tracy's down the road. Or Stockton. Or Stockton. Boom shakalaka. I'm Rob Black. You can find Tony. Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Have you got color in your cheek? Visit Rob Black online at RobBlack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Come around like Tories on the beach. Up so this 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Joining me now, Gogo Lids from Newsweek Magazine. How are you, Gogo? Hey, I'm great. How are you? I'm well. Anytime I get a new reporter I haven't talked to at International Business Week, I always say, tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh, um, I'm sitting right now at the Seattle Aquarium. Uh, I'm based in Seattle. I'm, I'm from New York, and I just got out here. Um, and I've been covering uh, Seattle kind of stuff and entertainment stuff all around the West Coast for Newsweek. Um, I'm from Pennsylvania, from Philly, Philly girl. And, um, yeah, I've been writing since I was in college. Gotcha. So, now, I just um, your PR people set this interviews up with me, and I'm always fascinated by the topics, whether it's housing in San Francisco. But this one's kind of a fun one today. Oh, um, yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. <laughs> women in weed, how legal marijuana could be the first billion-dollar industry not dominated by men. Where did you get the start for this story? Um, you know, I started talking. I read a story about some women in the marijuana industry, and um, I just on some blog, and I started reaching out to them. And um, I sort of, it was one of those things where you just keep pulling a thread, and it's, it's kind of like a clown thread, and you keep getting more and more and more until, like, this story is so much bigger than these three women or whatever I first talked to. Um, it's this whole, it's this huge industry with so many new opportunities for women just because it's a whole new industry. This is like, it's almost like gold mining, you know, or something in the early days. Like just everyone's trying to get in and there's so many different ways that you can have a job in this new industry. You could be in science with all the lab testing. You could be, you know, a lawyer. Um, there's so many, I talked to, I think 10 different women who were different types of lawyers in the marijuana industry. And, you, you know, you can be a tax lawyer, you can be a business lawyer, you can be an intellectual property lawyer. Um, there's so many different ways that this industry is developing that there are just so many jobs for women in fields where, like science, where a lot of times it's a boys' club, and here they can just instantly be the top of this new industry because no one has experience. And if they, you know, take charge and make their own lab or something or just take some initiative you have you have all these women coming up who are entrepreneurs and um, becoming really successful in this brand new field i like the comparison to the gold rush because clearly states are legalizing it slowly yeah and they both started in colorado colorado and washington so <laughs> and alaska <laughs> i was recently in colorado and the businesses that have developed around it are pretty crazy pretty fast there's a business that will actually come to your house in a limo, take you for whiskey, um, take you for a beer, and then take you to a, a weed distributor. And like you get mm-hmm. you get to partake in all three of them, and they, they pick you up at your house and take you home. Like that, That's an instant business, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the possibilities are – you could pretty much be any. You could be a taxi driver, as you just said, in this industry. You could be a, a scientist. You could be any job you can think of, a social media expert, a – you know, you could be a chef. There are so many different ways to have a job in this industry, it's, if you think of it, because it's developing. So it's just people who have the ideas. It's funny that you say that, because, again, another sign that I saw in Colorado was uh, a cooking class with weed. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know. But anyway, um, back to this uh, this angle. You were talking billion-dollar industry. Um, how mm-hmm. big How big is this? And, like, when you're saying women entrepreneurs, are, are they, they, you know, are they – the LLC okay. and right. oh, go ahead. Interrupt you. No, no. no. Uh, right now, I think it's about twenty percent women, but it's a rapidly increasing number because women have, I, in my opinion, um, it's hard to get actual gas on a lot of things in the marijuana industry. But there's been a lot of research on how, you know, people who are already stoners. They're going to go to their guy that they know. They, that's not like a market that anyone needs. You know, people who are skeptical about the marijuana industry don't really trust a guy because that seems more like a burnout. Okay. Like that's the old stereotype. So when all these professional women come into the industry, they seem a little bit, they make it a little bit more legitimate. Like it seems like, oh, like this could be alternative health or, you know, 
the new CrossFit or not CrossFit. Like, you know, it's like a, it's when people see women, they, they trust them a little bit more and it seems different than the classic Cheech and Chong stereotype. What else do we need to know about this story? What else did you help uncover? Um, I mean, it's a, you know, as you said, you asked too about it being a billion dollar industry. Last year it made about $3 billion. Okay. But, um, the thing is, because there's so many, there's so much red tape right now, and there's so much government regulation, and, uh, you know, the federal government is taxing dispensaries and people in the industry, which is all cash, by the way, um, and they're taxing them extra for cash. There's one lawyer I talked to who got the some of the fees for, from the IRS um, taken away, but... Um, the federal government is taxing the industry up to 80 or 90 percent. Um, it's starting to get lower, but the federal government is also sort of taking, um, you know, they're fighting the industry, too. We're still in the drug war. We're still, um, the war on drugs is still being fought. You know, mm -hmm. DEA is slowly being defunded, but the government is shutting down so many different parts of the industry as well as making billions of dollars by taxing it, because most of the taxes that um, most of the tax money is going to the federal government. Um, so that's a so that's a good thing too. But though, because now it's a bipartisan issue, um, because the Republicans like it because it's going to like lower other taxes, um, and it's making so much money, and it's a states' right issue, and Democrats really like it because um, it has to do with criminal justice reform. If we stop, if we do federal legalization, then we're not arresting so many people for nonviolent crimes and putting so many people in prison for drug charges that maybe could be better dealt with in another way or aren't necessary at all. And uh, in your article, I noticed that you mentioned cannabis science seems to be the area where women are making the most progress the fastest. But it's a pretty fascinating article because I didn't I didn't think of all the fingers that are in this, like digital marketing. There's a yeah. digital marketing angle being set up. There's networking groups that have grown from 70 people to thousands and thousands of people in one year. Uh, mm -hmm. Pretty interesting to watch. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's just every day it changes, too. I can't even keep up with all the laws. Um the, the laws have in Congress. I talked to three Congresswomen who, two who are banding together, and you know, traditionally, there have been a lot of men supporting this issue, but they've sort of been far on different angles. Uh, you know, like um, Rand Paul and Cory Booker and Dana Rohrabacher are all big supporters of legalization. But now, actually, I think it's funny that these three women Congresswomen that I've talked to, um, Barbara Lee and Dina Titus and um, Eleanor Norton, well, Eleanor Holmes Norton, um, are all sort of now. Uh, Dean and Haida said that she's like open to them all, them working together as a group, kind of like Women Grow, to sort of have the women Congresswomen make it a more legitimate issue in Congress, and people might take it more seriously. <laughs> Any last thoughts on your article that you want to push out there and give us some insight into? It's a, it's a huge article, for the record. Uh, if people want to go to newsweek.com and uh, check out GoGo Lids, uh, L-I-D-Z um, article, it's 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 massively long. Yeah. Oh, it was even longer too. I had a lot of parts cut. <laughs> it's just there's so much going on. Like it's just one of those things. Like you see you see the tip, and then you realize that it's an entire whale or something. <laughs> right. Any last thoughts? Um, so any last stuff? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's a great new industry. There's so much to do. There's, it's, um, there's so much potential with this industry. But uh, people really do need to watch out for sort of scammers and uh, weed places that aren't in compliance because if anyone's trying to invest in anything, um, a lot of uh, different dispensaries in different states and, and all kinds of businesses – in the marijuana industry get shut down because they're not in compliance with all the federal regulations or state regulations. So just everyone should be wary of that, I guess. Thanks very much.
Thank you. Speaking with Gogo Lids um, with Newsweek, her name is literally Gogo, G-O-G-O. I'm assuming she did some research for the, the article. <clears throat> if not, that's the joke, right? Um, it's. I'm stunned by how fast the industry is growing. Again, when you go from one billion to three billion, there's opportunities. I'm not telling you to, you know, cash in your 401k and get a dispensary. I'll let some other radio show do that, <laughs> rip you off. That's fine. Um, but yeah, there's it's pretty interesting as far as an industry goes. And again, it's probably going to do nothing but grow like a weed, right? To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Uh, we're talking a little real estate as well today. We're talking a little stock market. Stock market had a bad week. That's okay. Have some perspective. If, in your, if you're in retirement or near retirement, you better have a plan. If you lost three, $400,000 in value this week, you better have a plan. Uh, because you're not managing your wealth intelligently. Uh, but if you're still accumulating wealth, I, I think you look at it as an opportunity to add to names that you really want to add to. 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing in Fresh Market just taught us a business lesson. As has Whole Foods, Fresh Market fell short of expectations, and they issued an outlook for the full year that falls short of expectations. Now, Fresh Market is awesome. They've got these just incredibly fresh foods, right? Organic, healthy, very few ingredients, no artificial sweeteners. But here's the problem. You're like, there's going to be so much growth there because the millennials, 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 millennials... And there's going to be so much growth because people want to eat healthy, healthy, healthy. But it loses a little bit of its growth when Kroger is like, and Safeway look at that and they go, you know, our, our paper towels are cheap. Their paper towels are expensive. So why don't we just start selling some organic food and, well, we'll rake in the cash. And it's the bigger players that are doing much better than the smaller players. It's the non-healthy places that we think of, like Kroger and Safeway, who sell a lot of packaged foods and processed foods. So that's a good business lesson, and it can be, it happens in technology as well. I remember back in 1986, like 87, Microsoft's, you know, Windows op- so- software, you know, hard drives were what, like four megs? Drives were megs. A 10 meg drive was something big. Um, and there was a company called Stacker that you could buy their product for twenty nine ninety nine at like a, not a Best Buy, because Best Buys weren't really prolific at that point in time, but you'd get the idea, a computer store kind of thing. So the stacker would double your hard drive, um, just the way it was. I don't even know how the technology works. Don't ask me. I'm stupid. Um, but Microsoft just basically copied that feature and put it in Windows. So stacker gone, out of business. So big boys, they may be boring. Small boys may have the better story, but the big boys eat the small boys. That's what I like telling people, especially when I say a guy who's like five seven. I'm like. <laughs> Big boys like me eat people like you. That's one thing that I'm so blessed with. I've got good height. I don't have great height. I'm 6'2". But I couldn't imagine. Life must be tough for people 5'7 and under as far as males go. So it's it's got to be tough. So you're just shaking your head as if like you don't want – you think this is controversial. I'm over 5'7", so. I know, but – I'm good. It's You have to do everything you can in this world to to get the – pools, as I'd say. Um, I was talking to someone yesterday about networking. It's the number one thing that I regret not doing more of and getting really good at it. So in my 20s, uh, I missed, in the first couple of years of my media career, I should have written down every name, every business card. Um, and I didn't. So now I don't need it. Like 
this is my last radio show. <laughs> like, I got maybe one more fun project in me. I don't need to network like I used to. Uh, anyway, Salesforce.com beat expectations by a couple pennies. That's nice to see. Gap, they earned 64 cents a share. Parent of Gap, Old Navy, and Banana Republic cut its estimate of projected charges for the year for overhauling its Gap brand. Gap had cut its sales and earnings outlook for the quarter earlier this month. So they're going to cut how much they're spending to make the stores look better. And they're going to cut their outlook as well. So that's not good. Gap really missed something that um, it, it took people kind of a couple years to really grasp the investment angle of an H&M. H&M, uh, they do fast, fast fashion. So literally the clothes, they might fall apart after you wear them three times. They are so cheap. And I think that's so sexy. Like, get your girlfriend some blouses because they fall apart in the middle of a day kind of thing. Um, and it looks good. And then it's like, she's naked. But um, what's the point of this? Gap, Gap doesn't, they're not set up to do fast. They're manufacturing, they're research, they're, they're so fast is in. Um, and anyway, uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. We were, gonna, we were talking about things that people should know when buying a house. Um, refresh me on some of those. Like, I know you should pull your credit report probably a year before so you can start really doing a good job seeing what's on that, annualcreditreport.com. I know you want to go in with how much can you really afford. So there's some mortgage calculators out there. Any mortgage calculator sites that are better than others that come to mind? I have one. It's it's a it's actually from Dinky Town. Sounds kind of funny, but if you were to Google Dinky Town mortgage cal- uh, rent versus buy calculator, it's pretty good. Um, the one mistake that a lot of people make on these calculators is they estimate the future appreciation of the house. They they put in even as much as two or three percent on a yearly basis can skew the numbers significantly. So I'd be conservative on that. Um, but it gives you a timeline on how long you can live in that house before it breaks even or before it's a benefit to buy your house as opposed to keep renting. Um, but that one, it, it has a lot of variables that you can change. So I'd, I'd play with that. But ultimately, uh, buying a house isn't all about whether um, you know rent versus buy makes sense. Uh, a lot of people buy houses because they need the room. Uh, a lot of places, I mean, Rob, in your neighborhood, how much does it cost to rent uh, you know, a three-bedroom house. It's outrageous. Uh, some of the rents in um, in the peninsula right now for a three-bedroom is, you know, over $5,000 a month. Uh, and that equates out to a pretty large mortgage. So you, you can easily make a justification here to buy a house, uh, assuming that you have the down payment. So there's other reasons why people buy houses. Um, but, but, you know, going back to what you were saying, there's not a lot of speculation right now. So there's not a lot of people just saying, you know what, I'm renting now, but I'm losing out on the appreciation. Uh, we've already had our appreciation in the last few years. And unless you're buying in an, an area that has a lot more upside and that the, those upside areas are probably not the most desirable areas for you and, and your family. So you may just continue renting and, and, and going back to that whole taking money out of California, that could be coming up, Rob. We might see some more of that activity uh, and commercials and, and those people saying, you know, the more investment opportunities here in the Bay Area, let's take it out of the state now or out of, you know, at least out of the Bay Area. So there's a lot of things that are, are going to kind of hit the wall and, and figure themselves out. I work with a lot of rich clients, and I can tell you that none of them do the shady stuff like buying in Dallas. None of them. 0.0 do they get suckered into, you know, hey, buy us. What they do is they go, I want to own in Hawaii, and they own in Hawaii. Yeah. I want to own in Santa Barbara, I own in Santa Barbara. I want to Quality own always always wins. Quality always wins. But, uh, you know, going back to the things you need to know about buying a house, uh, I think the first thing that you, you hit, hit it right on the, on the head was you have to look at your credit score. Credit, your credit score will determine your rate, and your rate will determine your payment. And why spend, you know, 1% more on a rate when you don't have to? Go fix your credit. That's the first thing I would do. Listen 20% of consumers now have a credit score above 800. That's a little shocking, isn't it? Yeah. So, well, the average credit score right now is about 720, 721. 695, according to this article. Okay. But um, it could be, I could be wrong. It could be the average score of buyers. I mean, it's just a number stuck in my head. But Basic FICO scores, which are calculated using information in your credit reports, are widely used by lenders, range from 300 to 850. You ever see a credit score like 300? No. No? I think the lowest I've ever seen was like 520. Okay. Highest I ever saw was like 836. It was a plumber. Guy just... 
had, he was a plumber for 25 years and probably put a lot of stuff on had his a house and probably put a lot of tools on his card. And, yep. And uh, a lot of his business, like, hey, I, you need a joint, Tony. I'm going to go get you a joint. I'm going to put it in for you. He'd run the credit and send you a bill. And, a lot of people don't know that. You know, just by having a credit card and paying it off every month doesn't improve your credit as fast as if you actually keep a balance. But you want to keep that balance below um, one-third of the limit. Yeah. Yeah. So you could literally have 20 credit cards, but your credit score won't be as high as somebody who's using their credit. It's interesting because having a balance doesn't necessarily mean you're getting monthly interest rate charges. Um, Credit is a really tough statement for people to read. It's how much do you owe before you trigger it and not – um, I don't ever recommend keeping balances on credit cards that are tied towards groceries, um, that are tied towards, you know, 18% annual percentage rates or higher. 18%, can you imagine? Some people, you know, go as high as 25. And it's funny because, like, our government, we're angry at payday loan companies. Um, payday uh, loans, like, you go, we'll give you two, we'll give you 30, access up to $30,000, like, yeah, but the interest rates are 20% or something like that. And they consider that, you know, grotesque, but yeah. yet credit cards can kind of pull off the grotesque because they've got a better lobbying group. So um, so let's see what else here. Numbers provided are true credit scores, reflecting those that make the lending decisions. Um, here are some questions about credit scores. Since scores are trending higher, is it a good time to apply for a loan? Depends on person, you know, individual. Why credit card debt is getting riskier? Good practices to build positive credit include consistently paying your bills on time. Most people with very high FICO scores, 785 or above, have no late payments at all. In addition, you should aim to keep your credit utilization, your balance relative to the amount of credit available to you, below 10%. Some, some would go higher. You know, it depends on if you're if you're looking to buy something, you want to keep it a little bit higher so that, like, they see that you can pay big bills. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting because, like, um, a lot of insurance companies – um, and healthcare companies, they're now making decisions based on your credit score. So, 800-516-1220. So, when it comes time for shopping for a house, how how would you go about finding a real estate agent at this point? I would first look with my family. And in fact, the majority of people who buy a house go directly to their family first um, to find referrals for help, uh, whether it's a realtor or down payment or any advice on how to get a loan, things like that. So, I'd start with your family. Um, and I would definitely work with uh, professionals that work with other professionals. Uh, somebody said the other day that you're going to spend a lot more money using an amateur than you were with a professional in real estate. And I think that that is a pretty true statement, That uh, especially if you're selling your house. If you're buying a house, that amateur may not know how to negotiate or may not know the market as well or that particular market you're buying in in that neighborhood. Um, so that's the first thing I would do is work with a professional that acts like a professional. Um, it's interesting that you said that knows that community. Because I got my house from a real estate agent. The buyer, uh, the seller, was from Los Gatos. She just didn't know my community, and I kind of, I kind of, you, pl- you, I you, kind of played her. Yeah, you, your your realtor representing you was from the, the community and knew the deal. Yeah, and knew that was a good deal and and how to pull it off fast. Yeah. So before other buyers got in, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. It's by Tony at Tony at BayAreaLoanSources.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Let's talk things that we hate. I've got a pretty good amount of hate in me still. Not as much as I used to. But I'm an East Coaster, and I didn't grow up surfing, so I don't have that... I didn't have weed growing in my backyard or anything like that. <clears throat> so I'm not at peace. I don't... I wear flip-flops on occasion, but very, very rarely. <clears throat> things that I hate. I'm going to name one, then you name one. Tony from Bay Area Loan Sources. Um, I hate self-help gurus. If you need someone to help you or business coaches, if you need someone to motivate you, I find that really, really problem. I, I get using coaches if like you don't know how to give in stock incentives to employees. Uh, pension. I get using business people. But the people who are like, I'm a business coach, and you're like, what's that mean? Well, I'll talk business with you. Like uh, Craig Kilborn in that movie, um, Little Miss Sunshine. 
okay. you know, a motivational speaker, going yeah. from hotel to hotel. If you and trust me, I, I do seminars, and you know, I'm t- teaching people how to like what a 401k is, um, how to max out a 401k, why you want diversification, why a down market's a good thing, not a bad thing. Things are on sale. But um, I've done one right next to Robert Kiyosaki's people, <clears throat> and he doesn't even show up at the seminars. Sometimes there's a videotape message of him, um, and they play that rock and roll Gary Glitter song. Um, and, you know, and they get his, he'll have 200 people there. I'll have 60. His will pay $400 to get clapping and cheering and they'll walk on fire and like, that's going to change their life. And I find it so, it's like, you know how many people have gone to Oprah's self-help, you know, motivate your life kind of thing. And they go and they pay money and. They're motivated for about a week, and then it all goes away. I'm not big into the self-help gurus. We 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 worked in a. Um, in, I've been in sales for a while, and and one of the companies that I worked with was pretty heavy in the whole um, coaching. You know, get a life coach um, because you can't do it on your own. You need a life coach, uh, and and we ended up in scenarios like that where it was just they pump you up, pump you up, and pump you up. But the one I I hate is where they Pump you up, pump you up, and then in order to get the the secret, you have to stick around and pay one hundred forty nine dollars to get the CD and the rest of the story. Uh, those are the ones I don't particularly like. Yeah, but I, I hate I hate that I can't be on my cell phone, but somebody can drive down the street with their dog hanging out the driver window. I'm with you. I'm, well, I'm just going down the list of. It was my turn, wasn't it? Yeah, that's good. Okay. So you you want to use your cell phone? No, I don't want to use my cell phone. I want it equality with safety in in the driver's seat. Yeah. Some people are a little egregious with their dogs, right? Oh, I mean, they're... Do you remember the <laughs> seminar we were doing in Marin and dog starts barking? You're like, where, where's that coming from? Yeah, the person in the back, you know... Had it in a purse. Yeah. Like, you know, that almost has to be, like, animal cruelty. <clears throat> but anyway, God, the seminars, we've had some funny stories. Yeah. The guy who... Uh, Brings his food and eats it. I mean, that guy... The um, guy who lays down in the back and falls asleep. Yeah. The woman who obviously hits the wine table as fast and as often as she can yeah. um, and gets trashed. I love the... You know, you serve... Some of the seminars have food and you get the little, you know, small plates and they're stacked three or four or five cookies high with, you know, cheese on top of it. And yeah. But that's what they're for. I mean. Okay. More things that I hate. Okay. Um... Well, you know, I hate Sarah Jessica Parker because she kind of endorses that women buy $400 shoes. And I think that's just the worst idea ever until you're super- <laughs> Hey, it's Sarah Jessica Parker stopping by the studio. Um, she's got a horsey face. That's what that means. And if you want to have some fun on Google, I mean, if you really want to throw away time in your life, just go Google or Bing horsey face and see what images come up. Because I'm sure some people have done some pretty nasty memes and stuff along those lines. Um, other things that I hate, I hate, um, insurance salespeople who push annuities, hate annuities, hate, hate, hate annuities. Now there's some good annuities, but not the ones that the insurance salespeople are selling. You're talking about like a company like an Emeritus, which has a low cost, low fee annuity, which would be great for someone who's 70 years old and there's not going to be a big fee. There's not going to be a big transaction cost. There's not going to be a big management, but if you want some, some secure income in retirement, not a bad idea, but, um, there's a there's a person who pushes college. Like, how can you afford college for your kid? And she pushes annuities. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Um, so you really got to be careful on some of the bad information that's out there. Anything else you hate? Um, it sounds like you're sticking with kind of the business angle here. Uh, whatever you want to do. Sure. Um, how about how about realtors that say home prices will always go up? That's a good one. Or how about uh, lenders that say real estate's the best investment ever? Yeah. Um, and it's not an investment. It's not even close to an investment. It just shows you how ignorant some people are. Um, I was talking to our, our show producer this morning, and he goes, yeah, there's this one guy that wants me to move out to Sacramento and do mortgages or real estate. Mortgages. I'm like, that should be your flag right there, that he's trying to make money off of you, because you. what's your college degree in? What's your? Did you go to college? What skills do you have? Do you network well? Like, you should, before joining someone, you should know like what they offer you and what you offer them and bring into the question. Like, There's no barrier to entry. 
So the radio show producer, he loves beer. He's a great beer maker. He should probably go into great beer making or working for beer. Like that's his one truest passion and love in life. Um, Hawk and mortgages. If anyone can do it, there's a lot of people that do it, and it's a lot tougher than it sounds. It takes a lot of work. Any last things that you hate, Tony Mendez? Oh, it's easy. You know, like traffic. Oh, come on, come on. I, you know, it's one, one thing that I that kind of irks how about, me. How about married women? <laughs> you want all women to be single? I I I hate hearing other people snore. Oh. That's a tough one. Yeah, it's, it's, I can't sleep if somebody snore. Uh, if let's say I go camping and I hear somebody snoring next, I can't. I, I love sleep. I love camping that first night when everyone's rolling in. It's awesome because something happens in the middle of the night. You hear someone's loud stream of urine. Kind of like, <laughs> like you're like, is there a bull peeing outside my tent? <laughs> you camp in the wrong places. Then I'm Rob Black. He's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoadSource.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.